Hello and welcome to the new episode of the Open Source System Podcast. Here we talk about the world of open source news and projects. I am Vlad with my co-host Darcy. Hello. Hi Darcy. So this is going to be episode 11, I think, of the uh, Open Source System Podcast. The last episode that we released was uh, five years ago or so. So it's been a while. Quite a while. Yes, but you know, never say never in terms of uh, they're never coming back. We're back, and uh, the open source world has changed, hasn't it? Um, yes, ish. Yes, a little bit. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, in this podcast, we go over some of the cool, trendy open source projects. Uh, today, we have around uh, four or five projects to talk about, and we're probably just going to dr- drive. We're, dri- <laughs> we're going to drive straight in with uh, this project called mark text mark text mark. is a yes mark text have you uh, seen this project uh, on github darcy no no you would think you'd think somebody who works at github should probably be keeping up with the uh, latest and the greatest markdown tools and uh, this seems pretty popular already uh do you know how long this has been around for uh i think it's a fairly new project they're Let's see. The first release that they've done, uh, it's been uh, releases go all the way back to 2017. Uh, so at that point, I think they it was just a project started by one of the uh, initial developers. If we jump to contributor graph, yeah. If we jump to uh, the contributor graph, uh, Jocks G O C S is the creator of the Mark Text open source editor. And if you love Markdown, it might be a tool for you. Uh, you can find this tool at marktext.app. And uh, of course, it is open source. It's got a, got a beautiful website and it's got uh, 27,000 stars. Wow. That's still uh, still a little ways away from, you know, the front end developer interview questions, you know, like, <laughs> you know, the number one markdown uh, project on GitHub, uh, as far as I know. Yeah, but this one, uh, this one's going for twenty-eight thousand soon. Uh, it's still a very active project, and uh, yeah, it offers a very simple and elegant way to write Markdown. Um, it's got, it's got everything really. Like it's got oh, a wow. beautiful, beautiful icon translations. And uh, what I liked about it was the it did have downloads straight in the uh, uh, in the GitHub repo, so I was able to quickly find in the readme, uh, the downloads for all operating systems. So that was kind of neat. But uh, otherwise it is installable uh, through brew as well. We have brew install dash dash cask space mark dash text. Don't forget your Windows users with uh, chocolatey. Uh, I installed it on my machine and it looks pretty good. It is uh, very minimal, has very minimal UI. Uh, and uh, it's got a, a nice sort of uh, UI to insert different markdown blocks by just typing at. It's got a pretty cool uh, way of kind of organizing things. And it sort of pushes all the UI back into the macOS taskbar. And in there we have like paragraphs and tables and all the sorts of markdown stuff. Uh, and it even has several themes built in, uh, around six themes that sort of if you want to have a dark theme and so on. Um, uh, it has all that. Also comes with three different modes for source code mode. If you want to just see the markdown, uh, have a way to uh, uh, see just the markdown without the actual code in typewriter mode. And there's also focus mode that focuses on the text 
uh, and uh, sort of fades out some of the other texts that you're not looking at right now. So a pretty awesome project. Wow, that's pretty awesome. It's very minimalistic. I yeah. like that a lot. Yeah, otherwise this guy also has a very good contributing guide. Um, starts with a code of conduct. He's got some philosophy to uh, kind of lead the, the development uh, over the years. And uh, yeah, if you're looking for a project where you want to contribute to a cool Electron app that is built for all operating systems and uh, yeah, maybe just you want to learn how the Electron apps work, uh, you can uh, uh, yeah check out Mark, uh, Mark Text on GitHub. Uh, we're going to have a link to that in our show notes. What do we have next, Darcy? Uh, I believe we have the free for dev repo, uh, which was put on here uh, by you, Vlad. Uh, this came across our eyeballs, I think, through the GitHub trending page, if I'm not mistaken. Um, it looks like this is a, uh, you know, just plain old uh, markdown uh, repo. Um, I'm very aware of these sort of a, like list uh, projects, which help you sort of like discover resources across, um, uh, you know, various channels. This reminds me a lot of the uh, awesome series of repos. So uh, I know Centrosource has popularized the idea of creating lists and awesome lists. This free for dev uh, markdown seems to give you a whole bunch of resources uh, for various uh, free, uh, you know, uh, developer resources, I think. Darcy, the, the, the free for dev uh, uh, repo it is actually, it can be found on GitHub trending, but I think it's also, I think I've seen it through Google. If you just type in for like a list of uh, uh, free for dev open source, uh, uh, like a, it's not open source, but it's a free for dev list uh, that might appear in Google as well. And they've got everything for kind of just a list of uh, different tools, starting from like continuous integration and different CMSs, code, code quality tools. Um, I, I know like email in terms of like, are there any free tiers that will send email for you? Uh, that also, um, that has like over a dozen uh, uh, things in here. This project has been started, uh, I think years and years ago at this point, it's got four, uh, almost 4,000 commits. And uh, one of the latest uh, things, uh, added to this list was three hours ago. So it's very active. Um, over a thousand people contributed to it uh, and 52,000 people started. So if you're looking to kind of explore uh, some of those like SaaS offerings out there that have uh, free tiers and you want to try them out, I think this is a good place to start. Um, we're going to have a link to it in our show notes. Um, right now it's under Ripinar slash free for dev uh, public repo. It is also available on uh, free-for.dev and uh, they host a, I think, a, I believe it's like a GitHub pages website here that has sort of a different way to uh, look through all the table of contents of all these free services and you can even search for them. Um, so it makes it a bit easier to find things if your browser uh, search tool cannot find what you're looking for. Anything else exciting about this project, Darcy? Uh, I love free stuff. So this is probably <laughs> the most exciting uh, repo we're talking about today. So. <laughs> nice. Yep. Uh, continuing this sort of 
uh, trend of free stuff, there's also a, uh, um, probably the most popular repo so far that we had in this episode, uh, which is called public-apis. And um, it lives on GitHub as well, uh, slash public-apis, slash public-apis. So they have an organization and uh, it's also a list of all the free APIs uh, to use uh, in, the, uh, in your projects in software or web development. It is a bit different from what we've seen in the free for dev stuff where we have the sort of the SaaS offerings, but with these public APIs, it's kind of a good way for you to uh, maybe build some, some cool apps around those APIs and also just see what's available out there. Uh, it's also like a good learning experience for if you're like trying out maybe an HTTP client, uh, you wanna hit some uh, free public APIs to get some uh, uh, real-time info. Yeah, this would be awesome if it was paired with a service like CodePen or something like that. If they could quickly let you search and include these into your demos examples, that might be something to put on our radar for our friend Chris Coyer. Uh, maybe add that to CodePen would be really awesome. Um, or even just uh, any kind of tool to help discover this. This is an amazing list uh, with some really great information about um, the type of auth, HTTPS support, and cores uh, as well, which is really interesting that they've done the work to sort of vet some of these uh, and give you a great resource for, uh, as you say, uh, if you're just starting out with API requests or want to even test out, um, you know, uh, a project using some uh, free uh, APIs uh, that are going to give you uh, some responses. That's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do find uh, from kind of the more we look at public APIs over the years, more and more of these require an API key and authentication. Otherwise they get like abused and uh, they can't control who gets access to the API. So I think now a lot of these will have an API key that you have to go and register, but um, such as life, I guess, yeah, you need to have like a, an API key to, you know, uh, to access some of like the weather APIs and so on. So, um, rate limiting is a thing. Yes. <laughs> uh, some and and also one thing that changed over the years. These APIs are well, a lot more of them are over HTTPS now. I think if we'd done this uh, episode uh, five years ago, uh, a bunch of these would not have HTTPS. But over the years, this has really got a sort of gotten a bit of an upgrade. So that was public APIs. Uh, the project is uh, um, been on GitHub for many years now, over five years, and uh, it's got 175,000 stars. Um, and I, I find it, I think I've used it before for uh, teaching people how to uh, send requests in Python, send API requests in Python. And this is a good way to, uh, if you're looking to start up a new project and you're just like have no, uh, like Indian inspiration of what uh, app you wanted to write. Uh, I think about starting with uh, like choosing one of these public APIs and um, uh, starting your project with that uh, is a cool idea. So yeah, we've gone through three projects so far. Mark Text, the Markdown Editor, Free for Dev, uh, a listicle sort of a thing where we see a bunch of free SaaS projects uh, and public APIs, which we have the free public APIs that are available online today. Um, next up, we have NPM. Um, 
uh, Darcy, what's what's new in the world of NPM? Oh my goodness. Um, some interesting facts maybe about the NPM project and the NPM CLI specifically, having been uh, the engineering manager for the team for the last two and a half, almost three years now, our projects, not just the NPM CLI, but all the transitive dependencies that we support actually account for 2% of the entire NPM uh, registries uh, traffic that we see. So pretty amazing um, that we see almost two, I think two to three billion downloads of those packages that we support. So uh, wow. the small team that supports this open source project, um, with many contributors, and we're hoping even more in the future, um, really accounts for a large percentage uh, of the traffic we see, which is pretty awesome, um, to, to a number of pretty high visibility, high profiled uh, packages. Um, but yeah, the NPM CLI uh, has been trucking along. Um, as you can see, it doesn't quite have as many stars as some of the other projects <laughs> we've talked about today. The NPM project and the NPM CLI actually has moved around a couple of different places. Uh, it was previously known as just NPM within the NPM org on github.com. Um, and so that is part of the reason why you don't see as many stars. Some folks had starred that old repo. Um, so if you're out there and you're looking for the new uh, home of the NPM CLI, please go to github.com slash NPM slash CLI and give us a star. Um, we've shipped a number of amazing features in this past year. And if you haven't checked us out or used the NPM CLI, in the, about the last five years, uh, you'll be happy to know that we've shipped things like workspaces, uh, we've shipped things like NPM overrides, which is our version of uh, sort of the YARN resolution support. Uh, so there's amazing features that have shipped in the NPM CLI recently. Um, and uh, even more so, we've shipped some new command uh, commands within it, uh, including the npm diff command, which is very similar to git diff, um, which allows you to essentially diff between two package versions, uh, which is really helpful for folks that are looking for what has changed over time uh, between packages. And then also npm pkg, which is a, a subcommand within the npm CLI that lets you get and set fields within package.json, which is really nice, really handy command, uh, helps you automate a lot of those, uh, you know, redundant and mundane uh, workflows that people tend to have when uh, adding or editing fields within package.json. So that's, those are some of the features that we've seen, and we're really excited about what we're going to ship uh, here in the future in 2022. Uh, <laughs> um, lots of things coming down the pipeline. So yeah, check it out. Yeah, so NPM, for those who don't know, I mean, I'm sure there's to be some developers who don't, there's probably some people who never heard of NPM, and it is a, NPM is a JavaScript package manager, and it's also a registry, and it's, it's got a website where you can look up packages. Um, now, Darcy, what's the, like, if you're not a JavaScript developer, are you able to use NPM, or how does, how do you, how do you look uh, at that? It's an interesting question. I look at the NPM ecosystem as one that encompasses all software developers. So uh, you don't necessarily, yeah. yeah, so you don't necessarily need to use uh, Node or JavaScript to ship a uh, package to the NPM registry. Uh, so by default, 
Um, we do require that you have Node installed on your system. Uh, that is a dependency of the NPM CLI, but you don't actually have to be shipping uh, JavaScript software or Node-specific software to the NPM package registry. So long as you have a package.json file um, in your directory and in the Git, or, uh, uh, Git repository that you're actually building your software, you can actually ship all means and all, all types of software into the NPM uh, registry. And we actually see folks ship uh, Python, ship PHP, all different types of software actually gets uploaded into the NPM package registry. And uh, if you look at it that way, uh, I think you actually see uh, sort of the uh, potential in, in shipping uh, software to the NPM package registry, given that it is uh, immutable and it, it sort of prescribes to the Semver spec where uh, other sort of software repositories or, or registries don't necessarily have that kind of contract in place to ensure that you're getting the latest and greatest version of packages and to allow for you know a, a proper sort of supply chain uh, to exist with some sort of kind of uh, um, some some understanding or semblance of of uh, dependencies in it. So uh, yeah, yeah, that's cool. I mean, npm. I, I've seen some people. Uh, yeah, uh, they upload some of the Python programs, some Rust programs, and it's sort of a it kind of out, outgrown itself in a way. And I think it's uh, in the about section on GitHub. They still call it like the package package manager for JavaScript. But yeah, I think it's kind of beyond that at this point. And uh, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a it's a beast. <laughs> it's had uh, 156 releases, at least on GitHub. Probably more uh, over the course of the years, actually. But uh, yeah, you got uh, over 700 con contributors, and uh, yeah, and then there's just really releases shipping. Um, it seems like weekly at this point. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we ship weekly, which is pretty uh, incredible. We think that that type of cadence and tempo really helps us uh, keep the project um, evergreen. We're hoping that it's going to stay really, um, you know, modern going forward here, and uh, that's going to help with that. So keeping a, a really uh, expedient pace of, of shipping, uh, and we're learning along the way uh, about you know what needs. Uh, the developer community have and like what people expect around modern developer tools and modern package management tools, especially. So nice. That sounds good. I'm sure we'll hear about NPM more on this podcast when the new releases come out. Um, the last project of this episode is going to be uh, this uh, item you've added into our notes. Uh, the uh, package.js parse args. Uh, what is that, Darcy? So parse args is a, a polyfill implementation of a soon-to-be proposal to the Node.js project. So parse args um, is this function um, that we're hoping allows for the creation of CLI tools um, within uh, natively within uh, Node Core. And so the folks from Yargs and, and contributors from Commander and uh, folks from my team on NPM have all gotten together and decided 
decided that it would be great if Node Core uh, had a utility for you to actually parse out um, sort of the standard flags and arguments and options that you usually pass to programs and give you the ability to, to quickly and re reasonably um, expect some standard output uh, from that function. Um, so we're working uh, together very collaboratively to, to try to get this proposal um, opened and out to Node Core. Uh, and this project is actually the, uh, the culmination of this uh, this work as a polyfill. And so um, if this ever does land, and we're hoping that it will land in the next major version of Node, that this polyfill will be utilized by folks and can become the underpinning for very, very popular packages such as Yargs and Commander um, going forward. Um, and a lot of folks will know that some of the toughest parts of doing uh, argument parsing are definitely the regular expressions. And you would have seen a number of uh, bugs and CVEs filed against uh, some of those popular packages. Our hope here is that if we have a standard library with uh, a number of people working from all over the community that we'll see less uh, issues with the underlying uh, logic and, and uh, parsing, so. Nice, uh, a bit of history, I guess, when Node.js first came out, I mean, even up to this day, actually, there are so many, uh, uh, these parse args modules, right, out there. And uh, this is sort of uh, this proposal, and hopefully like it lands into Node soon, uh, it sort of changes things a bit in a way that like uh, Python and other languages already had the parse args, uh, I think built in. Um, uh, so in this case, Node is sort of taking a different approach where now it's we're not relying on uh, some node module to parse arguments, but now it's going to be built in into the runtime into into the language. It seems like a it should have been I don't know it's, it seems like it's a core functionality and uh, maybe hopefully at this point, uh, we know all the edge cases that could happen, and uh, um, we could have uh, modules relying on this uh, directly instead of, uh, I guess, installing another module that does argument parsing. Yeah, this is really a place to start. There's a lot of niceties around argument parsing, like aliasing and uh, validation that still aren't uh, uh, being added to this proposal. So there's still room for uh, projects like Yargs, Nopt, Commander to exist and still add a level of configuration on top of this more uh, primitive sort of implementation of, of an argument parser. But the hope is that people standardize on this, start to use it, and actually will provide a mechanism for you to easily, quickly and easily create CLI programs um, with Node right out of the box and not have to, uh, as you said, require a third-party li library or module to get that same kind of functionality. And so um, we think we've really found a, a nice happy medium and, and sort of come together with a sort of standard set of um, rules around how we are going to do the argument parsing. And we're hoping to, again, uh, ship this in the next major version of Node and have this polyfill ready uh, within uh, the next month or so. So if you're interested, feel free to collaborate or come uh, add uh, your input into one of the issues there. Um, myself and our team are, are really interested in pushing this forward because uh, we love the idea that uh, there's a larger community essentially giving their input into this kind of project. And we think that as Vlad noted, uh, that Node should have a first class 
uh, argument parser right out of the box. And we hope that this project uh, allows for that. Yeah, that sounds amazing. Uh, so this project is right now sort of a work in progress, uh, but it's if you're if you're passionate about Node.js and you're kind of uh, you've used some of the uh, argument parsing libraries and just even if you just used any Node.js CLI programs, uh, check out uh, uh, it's under package JS a pkgjs uh, slash parse args. Uh, we're going to have it in the show notes. Um, but it's kind of an interesting uh, um, uh, update to how Node uh, how Node will be doing things in the future releases. I think that's all we have for this episode, Darcy. So in this uh, quick episode, we've covered Mark Text, a super cool, clean uh, Markdown editor. We had two amazing uh, open source lists that should help uh, everyone build. Uh, uh, some cool projects. We had the free for dev repo. We had the public APIs repo. Uh, you spoke about NPM uh, and all the things that shipped in NPM uh, recently. And we had this parse args repo. Um, there's been a lot of kind of web and JavaScripty stuff this episode, but we, I promise we'll have we'll cover other software as well in the future episodes. Thanks for listening to this uh, episode of the Open Source System Podcast. We shall see you in the next episode. <laughs>